There are a lot of inconsistencies when growing soybeans. The soil, the weather, the market. You need something you can count on, like Revitech fungicide from BASF. It consistently outyields other fungicides by up to 9.5 bushels per acre, consistently wins in on-farm head-to-head comparisons, and consistently makes for happy farmers. Revitech fungicide. Visit RevXFields.com for full results. Always read and follow label directions. Yield data based on summary of 2019 through 2022 RevX Field Scale Demonstration Trials. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. See, I started the show on mute. If this day <laughs> could not get any crazier, go to LSU, they said. Go to the press conference, they said. Sitting in traffic for two and a half hours, got the studio. Thank you to the producers, by the way. Holding the fort down. <laughs> hell of a day. It's going to be a hell of a show. We got a good one in store for you tonight. As we do every Thursday, keys to victory. If my voice is a little hoarse, it's because I was screaming. If you're 30, around 30, 33, like you're my age, uh, I was screaming the ludicrous lyrics, move, bitch, get out the way. You know what I mean? Move, bitch, get out the way. Um, So I apologize for my voice. The poor grandmother in front of me with the handicap sticker got an earful. Poor lady. I, you know, listen, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, she's got to move. <laughs> Never, <laughs> nevertheless, we got a good show in store for you tonight. We will go through our five keys to victory. Listen, we've talked about it all week. Record numbers on the YouTube channel, record numbers on Facebook and podcast. Why? Because this is a must win for Brian Kelly and what I believe makes LSU dangerous. But uh, things get goofy in Como. Maybe goofy is not a good word. 
For LSU, they get goofy. You remember 2020. You remember 2020. So we'll go through those as well. We'll give our SEC picks. Not trying to brag here. Your boy went 6-2 and two last week. 21-16. and 16. We're making a little bit of money. Had to redeem myself for looking like an absolute idiot. We are 800 episodes in. Last, last two weeks, we redeemed ourselves. But the two weeks before that, I looked like an idiot. Blake, you are an idiot. <laughs> I know. I know. <sighs> Got to redeem myself. Also, I'm really excited about this, and we should be going to her now, which we will be. Maggie Johnson joins us on or joins us on YouTube. Joins us here tonight. See, I'm flustered. I know I gotta get better. But I'm looking forward to this. Maggie's gonna be joining us in about a minute. Um, she's gonna be breaking down the Mizzou Tigers. It's gonna be fun. Really looking forward to getting her take and and what she believes because I do think that this is a massive, massive game for the Tigers in black and gold. Just as much of an importance. I mean, because look, if Mizzou beats LSU on Saturday, they've gone through half the season 6-0 and like, hey, we're here. It's a sellout crowd. The weather's going to be, dog, we're talking about weather that we don't get down here until November. We might not get into the 50s until Santa Claus starts coming, okay? It's, it's a massive matchup for you and a must win, so we'll go to her right after the break. American Patriot says, I'm surprised no one asked BK that question, big cojones. Um, oh, yeah. Is there a car light in Como? There's got to be. There's got to be. In case you remember, LSU stopped at the car lot to, uh, at their last 11 a.m. game. And it's an early kick. You guys, you guys know I hate early kicks. How do I get drunk? How do I, dog, how do I get mad dog, my mad dog set up, splitting the gummies? Like last Saturday, guys, I had to do more than the gummies. After giving up 700 yards. It was a mess. It was a mess. I was, I, I was a mess. <laughs> Spring Hill, yes. Where is everybody listening to us from tonight? By the way, last night, listen to this. He asked me not to give his location, so I'm not. But we had a real American patriot who is deployed overseas uh, in... I'm sure you can guess where, the region. Listening to us, it was late night. I think it was like 4.30 in the morning. He's like, hey, Blake. He texted into the show. He's like, just want to let you know, or not texted, emailed into the show and was like, hey, love you guys. I've been deployed for over 100 days. This gets me, this helps me get part of my day. So to Rob, thank you for your service. Thank you for listening to AYS. We're going to send a little care package to Rob if we can. Uh, through AYS. So thank you for your service. Thank you for listening to us uh, here tonight. Jerry says, Monroe, Louisiana, 318, man. Always standing up for AYS, brother. Always standing up. Hopefully someone can stand up to Luther Burden this week. 
Hopefully someone can stand up to Luther Burden. I hope Luther Burden eats very bad meal Friday night and can't play. And, but, but it's back for next week. Bilbo Baggins says, AYS, you got to wake and bake, brother. I was waking and baking last weekend. Snoop Dogg couldn't have rolled with me last weekend, I promise you. But then me and my wife and my kids had to go to Catholic Church. (laughs) Guys, you know this is, I'm just joking. All right, let's get it rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share, share to all of those social media groups. I told you three months ago we had hit the million for the year, the million views on Facebook. Yesterday, last night, we hit two million live views on the book. You guys keep killing it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for always being here. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those groups. Share to all your social media pages because you know you love your boy. You know you do. YouTube. You guys are continuously killing it. The super chats keep rolling in. Everybody looks fantastic on YouTube. Do us a favor if you haven't done so already. 50% of y'all, over 100,000 views this, just this past month, and half of you aren't, aren't subscribed. Like, what, what, what is up with that? Just click the little button. <laughs> Do us that favor. All right. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're always watching us on the beloved and lovely Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. My good buddy, Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty. Maggie Johnson, when we return, let's go up to Como. It's about to get fun. Let's do it. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. He will sell your house and find you a new well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler, he'll shoot you straight. Tyler Alexander is a local realtor right here in the Denham Springs, Louisiana area, and he services the entire South Louisiana area as well. Tyler is ranked in the top 2% of EXP realtors in the entire state. Buying or selling a home can be very stressful, but Tyler will make that process stress-free for you and your family and provide a customer experience for you, not just 
and customer service. Give him a call or text today on his personal cell, 225-955-0008. That's 225-955-0008. And let him get your home sold or transitioned you into a new one. Maggie Johnson, first off, I want to say you're a warrior because you took me being late with class, but I got to thank you so much for dealing with the crazy chaos. Oh, no problem at all. You know, I have nothing else to do anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not a crazy week or anything, you know? (laughs) Well, it might get crazy, Maggie. And Maggie, obviously, I'll let you plug the show, but just so everybody knows, she is the co-host Mizzou, that's who. I'm, assu- I'm assuming you guys are fired up for this week because it is a big game in Como this weekend. Let me ask you this. Tell me if I'm wrong, Maggie. I feel that this game on Saturday at 11 a.m. is the biggest game in Eli Drinkwitz's career at Mizzou. Am I off by saying that? No, I think you're spot on. And it's funny because at, at Mizzou we joke because every single team says – that there are Super Bowl. Literally every single team that we play calls them like Arkansas will be like, you only beat us because we're your Super Bowl. It's just this funny joke that, you know, we always say that we're gonna we drink every time. We're like, oh, Mizzou fans drink whenever people say that. So we drink a lot <laughs> in Missouri. Um it's just a thing. But um I saw but, yeah, that I, I saw that this, you were battling I'm sorry. I, I, I thought I saw you battling the Kansas State uh, uh, faithful over that same thing on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, they were saying that you know this that that they were our biggest game, and I mean that was a that was a big game because last year they beat us like forty to twelve, and it was only right. twelve points because we scored um, when the clock ran out. Like it was literally we didn't even get a kick an extra point. Like it, the clock <laughs> hit zero. The clock hit zero. <laughs> we what? didn't even get a kick an extra point. Uh, that was sad. We we got our butts kicked. But, yeah, that was the biggest game. But this is that, – that game wasn't even anything compared to what this game is. Like, this game would put – this game would put us on the map. I think it would, too. Now, what's the feeling around the fan base? Is this like – I mean, I would assume it's a sellout. I saw everybody, like, were, was asked to wear black. I, I, I saw Mizzou posted – so it's a blackout. I'm like the whiteout in Penn State. Um, how do you envision the fans being like? Is this going to be pretty lively at 11 a.m. And how is 11 a.m. kickoffs in Como? So we're used to we're used to them by now. I think the way <laughs> <laughs> I think the way you guys are used to your night games are kind of the way that we're used to our 11 a.m. <laughs> kicks. Okay, it's kind of unfortunate. We were we were expecting a night game. I, I think if you guys would have beat Ole Miss, I think we – well, I guess no. That wouldn't have mattered because it's two weeks in advance. Um, yeah, Alabama yeah, and, think, and A&M ruined this for us. Y- yeah, it was shocking. You're, you're right. They, ruined, they everything. ruined it for us. Um, Alabama ruins everything. <laughs> no, I think um, <laughs> they get everything they want all the time. Always. No, I, <laughs> I think that, you know, it'll be, it'll be great regardless. Our K-State game was at 11 a.m. and it was – it was rowdy in there. So I think finally getting like the fans engaged again, because it's been a rough, it's been a rough few years for us. Right. The 2013 and 2014 seasons were great. 
And then we had some stuff go on on campus that had absolutely nothing to do with the football team. It was just right. and people could people can Google it if they want to if they want to look up what happened, if they don't remember what happened. We had some stuff happen. Right. And it really put a damper on recruiting and put a damper on a lot of things. And then everything, you know, Gary Pinkle retired and we got Barry Odom and things just kind of went downhill from there. And then obviously that didn't work out with Barry Odom. And then we got Drinkwitz and then that first season happened and we beat LSU. We were just talking about that in the 20, the 2020 season. And obviously you guys were coming down from the national championship year and it, it wasn't the same LSU that you're used to. It was a big win for us. And we were still excited that we beat LSU, mm. but it wasn't the LSU that you're used Their to. Their prestige. Yeah. Like if you would have yeah, been, like right. it's, we're excited that we have a tied record with LSU, but I wouldn't say that it's like the LSU that you would be used to playing um, and that you would be super proud of beating, to be honest. So, yeah, it's just we feel like right now, like I have a, a 2013 feeling and it's exciting, but we need this win to truly feel like it's a 2013 feeling. You know what I mean? Like even in 2013, when we kept winning and kept winning and then we lost to South Carolina when our kicker, I don't know if you remember that game. Oh, but I kicker, remember. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, the boink off the field goal post, um, mm-hmm. which was absolutely crazy. But even yeah, I after picked, that, I like, picked Mizzou before betting was legal. Don't tell my priest, you know, like, <laughs> thanks. I, I promise. I promise. I won't <laughs> tell your Catholic priest. Um, All right. <laughs> not even in confession. Not even in confession. No, yeah, not even in confession. Bring it to your grave. Yeah, I will. I promise. All right. But even like I traveled even that year. I like went to the Ole Miss game and like every single time I went to something, I was just like waiting for something bad to happen. And like obviously that South Carolina thing happened, but good things just kept happening. And now like this season, I'm still in that Mizzou phase where I'm just like waiting for something bad to happen. And but I think even if we lose Saturday, and we talked about this on on my podcast, I don't – I won't think that the season's, like, over. I don't think the season's a loss if right. we lose – like, if we lose to LSU on Saturday. I don't think that it's a loss for Mizzou. I think we're still making progress, and that's the important thing for me this season. I think you put in a good way that, like, hey, we really, really, really want to win this game. It could be a program-defining win – because of how LSU has looked, at least offensively. But it wouldn't end anything. And it wouldn't because Mizzou still has to go play Georgia. You still got Kentucky. You still got a lot of these other teams and games that you have to play. And that, obviously, one loss in the SEC, I mean, you're still completely in it. Let's go on the field. <coughs> Luther, excuse me, Luther Burden is um, – Dare I say the best player that I think the Mizzou has had maybe in the last decade? I I think I'll go on the limb and say that. What does he feel around Luther Burden? And offensively, how do they like to utilize him? Um, I know that he – I mean, look, he's all over the place, so he does everything. But mainly, how do they like to utilize Luther? I mean, he's a superstar. The the best part about Luther Burden is honestly that – you can't even double team him because he has such great pieces around him and players or not. I don't want to say players, but fans of teams don't even realize that 
it was funny because we were doing our podcast before the K-State, um, before the K-State game. And my network is based out of Kansas City. So we get a lot of K-State KU followers that listen to right. listen to our shows. And we were talking about this before before that game. And they were actually and I get this a lot, and you probably see it because you follow me on Twitter, but I get a lot of hate just, you know, being like a female that talks about sports, but they're just <laughs> I like, can, I can assume. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, Oh, you don't know ball. And like, I'm just talking about like all these other wide receivers that play. And I'm like, we have a lot of talent. Like we have Theo Weiss is a former, he's a former five-star that was at, um, that was at OU, but he had been injured a lot at OU. So, you know, he didn't put up the numbers that were really ex- expected. Um, Mookie Cooper was a high, was a high prospect and he went to Ohio state and he's a transfer. So we have a lot of very high prospect, like elite recruits that transferred to Mizzou and you can't leave them. You can't leave them open. Mm-hmm. And so like Luther burden gets to play one-on-one because, because of why, because you can't, right. you can't leave those other guys. And I think that is what's so great about that entire core is that he gets to he gets to be one on one, and if he's one on one in one on one in space, like <clears throat> he's gonna burn you. He's he's that dynamic, and one of the best things about him are his like the way that he makes contact with you. He can just break tackles. I mean, and yeah, leads just, the country and, and miss tackles. That's right. He is. I mean, he. I just think about him, and I was like, is because I'm. I'm older, like I'm in my mid thirties. Me like, too. Like a Me child, too, girl. Like a I already got, a, I already got <laughs> I grades. Think these, I think about these guys like my children. I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I think about them so dearly. <laughs> yes, indeed. Let me ask you this. It's kind of a two-part question because I think Brady Cook, it, you know, he broke the record for most passes without an interception this past weekend against Vandy. Drinkowitz a couple weeks ago went to the podium. Uh, I think it was after the K-State game in the post game and said, y'all don't – like basically saying you're an idiot if you're booing him. Were fans really booing him? Because I went and watched the film, and I, I got to be honest, I didn't really hear any boos. So I didn't hear any boos either, and I got to my seat. I sit on the alumni side, and I didn't hear anything – from the alumni side, I had heard maybe rumors that the student section maybe was booing, but then everybody, I have a few of the students in like a group chat with me. They all said they didn't hear anything either. So I'm not sure if it's like a rumor has it thing, but then Brady said that he did hear it. So I I don't know. I didn't hear anything. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that because i mean i'm like me and the producers down here we're we're, you know we break down the film every monday and tuesday and i'm like guys do y'all hear booze because i hadn't heard anything i was just wondering if you know if if that's something the coach was trying to get people rallied around cook or or whatever to give him confidence but how speaking of him though brady cook how has he been playing i know he hadn't thrown any interceptions but how has he looked uh this year so far I mean, the first couple of games were were kind of rough, but when you, like, looking back in hindsight, they were meant to kind of be that way. I mean, like, he had a couple of plays that were just kind of like, huh, plays. Um, he had a safety in that um, 
in the middle Tennessee game mm-hmm. from like the 15 yard line. It was just like a really weird situation where he fumbled the ball out of the end zone. But the whole time and like in all of his press conferences, Drink basically was saying that they were keeping their playbook like hush hush. And but everybody was like, why is Brady not doing this? Like, why are all of these passes like this and that? And I just think that it was supposed to kind of be that way. I don't think like people they were purposefully playing poorly, but I just think that when you're trying to not put your best stuff out there, you're just I I don't know. But because ever since then, ever since the K State game, I mean he's dropping he's dropping dimes. I mean he beautiful passes. I mean, I don't know if you watched much of the Vandy game, if you watched the yeah, highlights, I watched, but unfortunately watched throwing, the whole thing. <laughs> he's throwing balls that are like I'm he looks I a lot better. Never, I, a lot better. And I don't know if you knew this or if you watched much of Mizzou last year because most people aren't watching like teams that are playing six and six like just for fun, especially if you're not if you don't play them. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not watching Mississippi State play a lot because we don't play them and they're not very good. So no offense to if there's any Mississippi State fans watching and I have a couple of friends that are Mississippi State fans. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry. But like they last year... Brady Cook was injured. He got injured in the Kansas State game. And they basically told him that he's not going to injure it any further. So they were like, you can play the rest of the season out. And Drink basically said, nobody else on the nobody else in the quarterback room is any better than what Brady Cook is. And I, they, I actually but, remember that. And he went out there and then the, the, the tide kind of started turning on old Brady in the, the locker room and fan base, right? Yes. And everybody mm. was like, he's ter- like he's terrible he's this and he's that and everybody was like i think he's playing injured but we didn't know because they didn't want to give us too much information i think they didn't really want to throw him under the bus and then because the year before they had been playing um oh my gosh they'd been playing our um why can't I even think of our quarterback? Well, that's so terrible that I can't even. That's how not unmemorable um, our quarterbacks have been lately. Um, but playing injured, we've been playing injured quarterbacks. And Drink, they were basically th- saying that Drink isn't putting the best people in the right position. Is basically what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And oh, Connor Bazelak. I'm sorry. It was yeah, Bazelak. Bazelak went for 400 on LSU in 2020. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he had the Bazelak had some great games and then he was also injured. I think he got injured in 2021 and then he ended up transferring to Indiana and then he ended up transferring. I don't even know where he ended up going. He went somewhere else after Indiana because he was a bus there, mm-hmm. but they were saying that drink kept playing injured quarterbacks and it was just this like whole issue. And so then they kept saying that maybe drink, was doing that with Brady last year and he doesn't know how to properly handle quarterbacks. So that was a big thing last year. And anyway, so I've been high on cook. I'm like, last year we had so many close games, like the Auburn game where our two time grows of semifinalists just missed a chip shot, like missed a 20 yard kick to win that game. And then we had the Kentucky game where we had a roughing the punter 39 yards behind the line of scrimmage to basically lose that game. And now the NCAA changed the rule because of that game. Like 
there's just all of these like silly losses. We lost to Georgia by four when we were winning that game the whole time. And you just like think of these games that could have, you know, took us from six and six to maybe, maybe nine and three or at least eight and four, you know? So with a healthy quarterback, like you never know what could have happened in those situations. I think they're showing us right now. I think they're showing us. So what's the, uh, Thought process on Blake Baker, the D.C. I, I know the secondary has been, for Missouri, a little bit suspect at times. Even last week, you know, Vandy started climbing back into the game late. What is what is the worries about LSU coming into town? So we've talked a lot about Mizzou and all the strengths. What are some of the worries? Is it that secondary and what they're doing defensively that might be the biggest worry coming in? For me, it's just the safeties. Mm. I'm not worried about our corners. I'm honestly excited to watch Neighbors, Thomas versus Rake Straw and Chris Abrams drain. I think those those matchups, well, I think all four of those players are going to be playing in the NFL. And I think that there's going to be NFL scouts watching those those two pairs of matchups because I think that they're going to be great. However, if <laughs> they get past those, <laughs> the safeties are what worry me. That, that to me is the our biggest issue. I think that's probably your biggest issue. The entire it's defense what, is our biggest it's issue. It's what gets behind what gets behind. Um, I know you guys do have a better rushing attack also than what we have, but I don't really worry about our rush our rushing defense. I think our rushing defense is pretty good. Our front seven is pretty solid. Um, our linebackers with Tyron Hopper, um, I think that's a pretty good, you know, a pretty good group up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the it's the safety position for me that definitely scares me the most. All right, a couple more. I'll get you out of here. Thank you. I, I've ke- I kept you longer than we than we normally do, but uh, look, kind of a makeshift <laughs> show being late anyway. All right, Maggie Johnson is our guest. How do you see this game going? Do you see it being a very high-scoring game or mid-scoring or low? Even I don't know how this would be a low-scoring game personally, but how do you see this game going? Well, I would take the over. Yeah, if 63. <laughs> 63 if, you like to, if you like to bet, I would right. take the over. Um, I don't uh, – this one is tough for me. I don't think it's as high-scoring as LSU will miss. I think – well, first off, I think the Ole Miss's quarterback just had like the game of his life. I don't that was crazy to me mm. that I I don't even think that he'll probably play that great of a game right. the rest of the season. Um I mean he might. I think Dart might play that great of a game the rest of the season, but I don't know. I see it being maybe a little bit lower scoring. I think Mizzou's defense is better than Ole Miss's defense. And I don't I don't think that LS I don't think LSU's defense is great, but I don't think LSU's defense will will play that badly again. Uh, you guys brought somebody in this week, right? Yeah, Pete Jenkins, but it I don't think it, it's You don't a think it'll matter? No, I don't Here's think it a couple, matters. I was watching some highlights from that game too. There were a couple plays, a couple scoring plays 
where I thought that some some of your defensive players just looked really slow. I feel like they just gave up on a lot of plays. They did give up on a lot. They did. And well, like, and they a got, couple of plays where I thought that they could have maybe caught him. Yeah, I mean, they they it, it, it appeared that they gave up at times last week, which is not good. I would rather you get beat and just, like, if that's all that you have, get beat, and it is what it is. But I don't I, – I, I personally – I hate the, like, really hate um, just the lack of effort. And I, I do think personal, like, for me, I don't know if that, that team shows up again. I, I don't know if that team, we said that about against Florida State in the fourth quarter, but they LSU's in a crossroads and a conundrum. That I, I don't know if LSU shows up as a wounded dog and like, oh, defensively or like they show up pissed off because if they do show up pissed off I do think that this is going to be a little bit more interesting than some believe now we'll see I don't know you know I mean this is probably the second best wide receiver core that we've gone up against besides Florida State's so you never know but I mean I don't like 11 a.m kickoffs you know so I mean I, how do I get my gummies and and drinking in if if I got to wake up at 11 a.m it doesn't it doesn't flow well I can tell you it's more fun for dudes than it is for girls because I've got to get ready. Um, excuse me. I have to pamper myself, too. This is, To look this good does not take it takes forever, too, okay? I got some people coming in from LSU that I know, and I'm like, I'm like I want to see you going. I want to, like, hang out, and I want to do this at night on Friday. And then I'm like, and then i got to wake up early. I'm like, this is not, it's not fun. Speaking of going out, let me ask you a very weird question. What's the weather like in Como? Like, right now or uh, like oh, what would it probably be like saturday oh it's gonna be amazing what's it well okay to me like to, fall, to you amazing weather. is cold for louisianians so okay yes probably but <laughs> it, what the forecast was was like sunny and like high of like 62 that's fall football weather it is but just to give you an idea it's it hit 90 degrees here today so, I mean, it's just like, you know, burr. We don't get so that. Santa Claus starts coming and we get in the 60s. That's about that's about the time that we get the 60s. Well, I'll never forget when Florida came one time during, it was like November or something. Um, was it CeCe Jefferson? He played for Florida. Was, he played yes, for Florida. Yeah, that's right. And he came in, they came in November and he did, They we killed them. I think we beat them like 40 to 17 or something crazy like that. And he was like, Oh, I hate playing. I hate playing in Missouri. It's so cold there. And then he's like, it's so, and he was like, it was so quiet. You can hear yourself think, and it's just so cold. And I remember being like, we didn't even have jackets on. It was probably like 50 degrees. We're in like <laughs> maybe a sweatshirt, but he was like complaining about how cold it was. And I'm just like, oh, you little wussy. <laughs> well, look, I'm just telling you, know, like during the summer, it gets 118 down here. So, I mean, yeah, it, no, I, I, I do think it's a big – I do think it's something that nobody's talking about that can be a factor because it's an 11 a.m. kickoff. If this was at 2.30, I'd kind of be like, yeah, all right, probably the hottest part of the day. But now that it's kind of early, earlier morning kickoff, it, it does worry me a little bit. All right, last one for you before I get you out of here. Thank you so much, Maggie, uh, for joining us. You got a score prediction on this game? I do have a score prediction. What is game. it? I'm going to give the same one I gave on my podcast because I found that people get like upset if you like 
change the score oh. no matter no matter even if like time goes by like in the week and like your mind changes because i feel like you should be able to change your mind as like as factors change mm-hmm. but no they get so mad about it um i know you have a lot of lsu listeners and i'm sorry but um I'm if you come on with- hold on very quickly if you come on the show as another opposing team's like guest, I don't expect you to come on here, and they don't expect you to come on here and pick okay, good. LSU. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking Mizzou to cover. At, I'm taking 35-32. Oh. 35-32 Mizzou. 35-32. Okay. Which I also think that the cover or the the spread for Mizzou being um or for LSU being the away team, like. I, I think it's high. Is it still six? Did it move down to five and it, a half? It's, a, it it's around five and a half. I I don't. Six and a half. Was here's high. here's I what thought. here's what I think. I think people look at stuff like that and say, "Oh, well, that's high." Well, in the NFL, maybe LSU's coming off four or yeah, four straight games where they've thrown for at the worst at 350 yards. So I think that it, you go into that and say, well, they're just going to get in a shootout anyway, right? And so if it would have been Mizzou plus five or, or minus five, LSU minus five, I don't really think it matters, to be honest with you. I think it's more of a pick because I think yeah. if either team wins, it's yeah, going you know, you know, to be a close game. Tell everybody where they can catch all your stuff, Maggie. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at at Maggie L. Johnson, and you can find me on my podcast anywhere you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, at um, the KC Sports Network, and you can find us under Mizzou. That's who. Thank you so much. We'll have to bring you on again soon. Yeah, anytime. All right, that's Maggie Johnson. Have a good night. Thank you. All right, that's Maggie L. Johnson. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Thanks, Maggie. See? I know y'all love it. I'm not going to read these Super Chats, man. Like, come on. It wouldn't be pause for her. Uh, Thank you for the Super Chat. Anyway, though, Black Goatee. Um, Michael Moore says she needs to be a guest more often. Super Chat, 199. I know. I know you guys really liked her. I, I don't know I, I don't know what to do with the ads on YouTube. That's some that's something on the other end. That's not on my end. So if you're upset with it, there's nothing I can do to change it at the current moment. All right. Let's take a quick break. I give you my keys to victory, some SEC picks. I will talk about Deuce Chestnut at the end or after we get after the break. That'll be the first thing I address uh when we come back. Let's talk about a good friend Carol Foss over at State Farm or good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm, DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. My five keys to victory for LSU. We do that next. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. 
Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino with AYS. Since you own by. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. We're back! Bilbo says that he's driving back from Vicksburg to BR. Well, at least you don't have to go, my man, in that traffic that I was just in while we had to start the at least Thursday show late. But safe travels to you, my friend. Stefan says, hot take. LSU defense only gives up two tutties and the rest of field goals, Blake. Now, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. Uh, Brother Stefan, I agree with you probably 98.68% of the time. I'm not, I can't agree with you there. Be- now, here's the thing. Can LSU do it? Does LSU have the personnel probably to do it? If this front seven is gets better, yes. Will they? I am in the boat of I need to wait and see. I got to wait and see. I cannot come out here and do that. Now, 98.68% of the time, I agree with my man, Stefan, and our good friends over the Fry Construction in Eunice, Louisiana. Go give them a call. You need dirt and hole, hole services, uh, demolition, they do it all. Give them a call. Let them know that Blake sent you on by. I can't agree with him, though. But you know what I can do? I can't. Well, I'm going to be careful. Uh, Brian Kelly today met with the media before practice. Uh, normally, he meets after. No real big deal. I, I, it doesn't bother me. He was asked a plethora. There's a good question. A plethora of questions. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, he was asked to clarify about Deuce Chestnut. Now, whoever the reporter was did a fantastic job because what should have happened Monday is that sh- someone should have followed up with Brian Kelly when he said, yeah, it was my decision not to travel him. Someone should have – Brian Kelly gave them an open book to ask that question and nobody followed up with it. Um but if you didn't hear, you didn't see Deuce Chestnut, the corner transfer from Syracuse, is a, a no longer with the team. Now, let me say this. Let me just say this. This is opinion. Opinion. Not, I'm not sourcing anything. I didn't even, I haven't even asked a question because quite honestly, I don't care. But. It does not look good for the player when you start the season, you get beat out because on the field you had some issues happen where you gave up touchdowns. Guys, he was not playing well. And then you're no longer with the team. Now, there can be a litany of issues. There can be a litany of things. Brian Kelly says they will evaluate it in a couple of weeks. I I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. Maybe later down the road... I may ask the right people who will know. 
because they're in that building every day. But quite honestly, it just doesn't look good. And this is the problem that Brian Kelly talked about being the red flag of taking too many transfers. Guys, there's a reason that players hit the portal all the time, whether it's playing time, coaches leave, whatever. And good on, thinking of transfer portal and players leaving, good on that Tez Walker is eligible, but shame on the NCAA for not doing that sooner. Guys, we're halfway through the season, and Tez Walker is just now getting eligible. You freaking Rudy Poos. Brian Kelly also said that Omar Spates, Chris Hilton Jr., and um, Aaron Anderson are doubtful. Uh, I don't know if Chris Hilton is going to be – I think he'll be out for a couple of weeks, if not more. Uh, he came down very awkwardly on that last play uh, against Ole Miss. So we'll see. We will see. But I do not anticipate him or Aaron Anderson – maybe at minimum the next couple of weeks, which offensively, if there is a position group that I don't really believe that you need dudes like non-starters, like you can you can take some losses, because it is that room. It is that room, right? However, however, you can't take too many losses in wide receiver room. You can, I mean – God forbid something else happen, then you start playing freshman. I do. I would expect Kyle Parker to start getting some of those rotational pieces in there. Um, so let's see how Kyle Parker can um, can he step up, make a name for himself. This would be a good week to do that if so warranted if he does get in the game. Here are my five keys to victory. Number one. So we do this every Thursday. If it's your first time listening it's your 788th time listening to the show. We do this every Thursday. Keys to victory LSU football over the Missouri Tigers. Number one, offensively, let's let's start offensively because there's not a lot I can say there. I do think that there is something the offense can do to help out the defense. We talked about it a lot this week. But it's not just slowing the clock down a little bit, slowing the game down a little bit, running the ball maybe a little bit more. This I do believe that this crowd at 11 a.m., now they wouldn't be as chaotic as they would be at night. No crowd is. You need to take the crowd out of it early, a lot like you did against Mississippi State. Take the crowd out of it. Even when you started driving there on Florida State in the first half and you would score, you shut the um, Seminoles up to some extent. Now, when you when things started getting chaotic, you didn't. Offensively, let's score quickly early in the game, get the crowd out of it. Because if you do that, and God forbid you get up by a couple of scores, that can help your offense, I mean, help your defense. We saw Ole Miss do this a week ago. Number And number one is just a very small thing because it's the only thing that I can think about the offense in reference to, hey, man, just kind of keep doing what you're doing. Not kind of, keep doing what you're doing. There's nothing that I can say at this moment. Nothing. There's not one thing. Maybe a play call here or there, 
maybe a missed block here or there, maybe a false start here or there, maybe a hold here or there. But, guys, it doesn't really matter because this offense is continuing to kick everybody's ass. It's like when the rock hits the rock bottom and he's standing over and about to hit the people's elbow. Everybody knows when LSU's offense hits the field, the most electrifying move in sports and entertainment, the most electrifying offense, and all of the SEC is hitting the field. What do you want me to say? You know, I I saw too many people this week, too many Rudy Poos this week on Twitter Oh, look at this play. The way he shouldn't have rolled him out. I don't give a flying shit about the rollout. You're designing a play to get Malik Neighbors the ball. Would I have done it? No. Was I screaming at the top of my lungs to run the ball twice and to go for it on fourth down and end the game? Yes. But if that's the worst thing that's going to happen, that you have a drive that gets stalled out after you score 49 freaking points, I'm okay with that. Which leads me to number two. I don't really believe me. I, 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 I don't know how much I believe this, but I just think that you're going to have to do it to some extent. You got to slow the game down. Slowing the game down does not have to come with taking the ball out of Jaden's hands completely. Instead of hitting that inside fade route, on first down instead of running some of the things that you're running on first down give the ball off you're not you don't like it I don't like it because you're gonna have to find ways to give your defense a chance you're gonna have to give them a little bit of a break maybe Brian Kelly and this staff can come up with something if you give them a little bit of time but I don't know how much I believe that Mullen stuff. It's my number two key to victory. I have no idea if that's the right thing to do. And if I'm wrong in that, I prob- in which I probably am, but I don't know what else to say about the defense. And number two, it's an offensive talking point that is completely reluctant on, or reluctant on how the defense performs or the lack thereof them performing. So the two offensive talking points, other than just continue to do what you're doing, Missouri's secondary, I don't agree with Maggie completely. She says they have good corners on the outside. I don't I don't agree with that. I think they're ass. I, I'm just going to be honest. They're ass. They were letting Vandy smack them around. Smacking that ass. Vandy was smacking that ass with Mandeville's own Will Shepard. Okay? Will Shepard was smacking that ass. Bad baby, bad baby. Their secondary is not good. And you have probably the best wide receiver duo in the country. I I, I don't know what else to say. I I really have no idea what else to say here. I'm I'm reading the my first two keys to victory. I think that they're a little bit of horse shit other than trying to quiet the noise. 
But I have nothing else. What do you want me to come out here and say? What do you want me to come out here and say? Number three. And the biggest, the, the biggest, outside of 2020, which we've done Keys to Victory every Thursday for every football game since we've done this show. I went back and looked because I always keep my notebooks. I went back and looked at 2020s. You know what my number three point was? Midway through that season when you're playing Missouri and your defense was ass with Bo Pelini. If you're just play, just play. Do it full speed. Don't give up. Show effort. Give effort. Matt House, statistically, every time that he's been a DC somewhere in the second year, it's been worse than the first. Never, it's never not happened. If I'm Brian Kelly, I would go to Harold Perkins and say, Perk, listen, you are probably the most instinctive player that we have on defense. I don't really care what the play call is. If you think that you can do something, go do it. You're too good. Go do it. I told you last night I'm going to stick by it. I think you're going to run more of a four-man front. You're going to get out of the odd man, odd man front. Get up on the line of scrimmage from the defensive line. I know that you've all seen my tweet by now. And just go kick somebody's ass. I know that Missouri's wide receivers are really good. I know that you're going to have to scheme some things up and send more pressure than just the four dudes. I get that. Missouri, I promise you, Missouri is going to try to accomplish and run the same exact stuff Ole Miss did a week ago. That's not even an opinion at this point. You have Eli Drinkwitz, the chemistry teacher out here, saying it's exactly what he's going to do. Line them up, man to man, send some heat, get up on the ball, get up on the ball, crowd the ball, and you got to tackle. Tackling, we talk about tackling's a form. You got to bend your knees and drive with your legs. Bullshit. Tackling is, and excuse my language if you have kids and the kids around you. So put earmuffs on them. You know what tackling really is? It's like what Brandon Taylor said on Wednesday. Or was it Tuesday? I can't remember. I think it might have been. Yeah, it was two. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't remember what day we had Brandon Taylor on the show. But even he said it. Tackling is you want to be the baddest, and this is his words, the baddest motherfucker on the field. Be a bad mofo. Go want to knock somebody's fucking head off. If you don't have that dog in you, or if the dog that you do have in you is a little bit of a chihuahua, hashtag Taco Bell, get the fuck off the field. Number four. 
Now, I talked, I just said all that for the players. Go play free. Go do what you do. At the end of the game, just go have fun. Go play. Go play. Number four. This is specifically to Matt House. Look, Big Daddy, the stuff you're doing is not working. It doesn't matter if you get mad at me. I heard that people were not happy with my tweet about the guys not being up on the line of scrimmage, uh, the defensive line not being in the line of scrimmage. I don't give a shit. I don't agree with you, and I am entitled to my opinion. You make $1.9 million a year. You got to, if what you are doing does not work, you have to change yourself and your scheme. It's, I mean, look, if you would have given up 31, if Arkansas would have happened last week, right? Like, meaning, if you would have given up 31 points, I'd be like, look, man, it's not great. They made a couple stops. I don't have a lot to say. They got to get better here, here, and here. That's it. It was the worst, the worst defensive performance last week in LSU's football's history. And you had a guy from Mississippi State in 2020 throw for 658 yards. It was the worst performance in LSU's football's history defensively. You got to look in the mirror and say, what can I change? What can I call? Is there something I can dial up to get the players moving, get them some confidence? You know, it's like we talk about this offensively, that, you know, a a young quarterback, you'd like to get him out of the pocket, maybe throw a little bootleg or an out just to get a completion to get his confidence going. Do some things. Send a couple of edge blitzes. Send some, do some stunts, twists, run man-to-man bump coverage. Who gives a shit? They're going to score anyway. Let them get their confidence up. This is on you. You may be able to do some of the things that you were doing at Kentucky. You may be able to do some of the things that you were doing at Pitt. This is not either one of those places. 20 years ago, LSU would do something that would send them on a trajectory, regardless of what Les Miles, Ed Orgeron, whatever one of those Rudy Poos have done. In the last 20 years, Alabama football... LSU football when it comes to names. By the way, LSU played for another one. The standard that I keep hearing coming out of everybody's mouth defensively, that's not the standard, that's not the standard. No, we know the standard. Matt House, you're not calling defenses well enough to get to that standard. We can blame the players for the 34 missed tackles. And not all of this is on Matt House. It's why we talked about number three. It's why we talked about, hey, man, 
the reason you missed 34 tackles, it's not all on that house because you got to be in a position to miss those tackles. Some of that's on you as a player. He's putting you in the position to make the play. But it's not working. You have too many five stars on your defense. One guy that I feel as if, let me tell you what I feel. Let me tell you what I feel. I don't know if this this is strictly opinion. And I know that Deshaun Womack committed on our show. This is opinion because I do not talk to our players about stuff like this. I don't know if Matt House wants him out there. I, I, I don't. Because there's no way on God's green earth. No way that you, I mean, guys, he played in a pass down situation and got a sack the week before. I'm not telling you to play him 75, 85% of the time. He shouldn't start. I agree with Brandon on that. People calling for him to start never have put on a chin strap. I Because pro- you can look at him in the running game and see that things are not going well for him. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. If you can't get a pass rush with Ovio Gofu, here, here's just a thought. Send in the dude who was a five-star. You are too talented. Guys, you are too I don't give a Rudy Poo if this gets me gets me in trouble. You are too talented. Number five. If shit, not if. Well, I'll just say if. If shit hits the fan on Saturday. If shit hits the fan on Saturday, Brian Kelly's got to take over defensively. We were mad that two other other head coaches meddled too much. Now we're I'm begging for him to meddle now. Because it's not like Ed and Les. BK actually knows what the F he's doing. That's the reason why the his side of the ball offensively is doing what they're doing. God, I mean, God, I'm just being honest. Because he's with them 24-7. He is with the offense 24-7. That's the truth. He's got to get involved defensively. That's our five. John Sibley Butler says, does LSU have the talent on defense to be consistently good, or are we in the Kentucky Derby with the Donkeys? Thank you so much, John Sibley Butler, for the Super Chat. You have have good enough personnel to be a top 60 defense, a top 65 defense. If you're in the top 65, guys, you're undefeated. I, I, I'm just going to throw that your way. You're undefeated. If you're not undefeat, undefeated, you lose to Florida State by a tutty. It's the truth. It, it, it's just the God, it, God-forsaken truth. 
I don't have time for my SEC picks. I'm well, well, well over. Maybe I'll do a short video tomorrow and post it. If you don't accomplish those things, you're going to get beat. It's the bottom line. We will see y'all Saturday for the postgame show. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.